Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And today's poem is called Yes or No. Here we go. Decisions are made. Consequences follow. If you say yes, there may be hope for tomorrow. But behind every no, there is a little disappointment. Truth is, none of us always make the right decisions. Living life to the fullest, you face some ups and downs. But pressing towards your goals and meeting them should turn a frown into a smile. Feelings will come and go. Expect different emotions when saying yes or no, but don't choose to operate in fear. Have faith in your decisions and your pathway will get clearer. Patience is a virtue. Pray for godly wisdom and let him guide you. Sometimes you may miss the mark. Just try again, but never give up. Saying yes or no is a part of life's journey. So say these words with confidence and be content in knowing that you already have the victory. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing morning, afternoon, evening, whenever it is that you hear this episode. So what I wanted to talk about on today, I want to go way, way, way back. And I want to talk about believing in you. So this goes all the way back to nearly 24 years ago. I was a manager at a parcel store and I was newly hired as a manager. So what had happened was I was working at a temporary agency as an actual receptionist and I had been at that temp agency for quite some time and I was starting to feel as if there was something greater in store for me. And so, this is actually the first time in a long time that I confess this. So, some of y'all going to judge me, but it's a okay. (laughs) So, anyhow, so, I was answering the phone one day and one of the vendors called and they were looking for a manager and they said how much the hourly wage was. Well, because I was a, I had just had a newborn child and I was hurting financially like nobody's business and so deep down inside I knew that I needed more and so when that call came in I remember telling the owner I'm the girl that the owner is looking for 
So she scheduled an interview. And when she scheduled the interview, I aced it and I got hired. So one particular day, I ended up, someone came in. It was a young lady. She came in and she was like, I would like to go ahead and ship these parcels. So I go trying to assist her and my system crashes. Now, because I was new, I didn't know how to fix that. So I had to call the owner. So the owner shows up, but before the owner showed up, I had to call the babysitter who happened to be a relative. And I had to tell the babysitter that I was going to be delayed in coming to pick up my newborn child because of what had happened at this parcel store. So my customer, who was the last customer of that night, heard the relative yelling at me on the other end. Embarrassed that she heard the conversation when I hung up the phone, I just went and told her my truth. So I started just confessing everything that I was going through, um, apologizing for her having to hear this person yelling and screaming at me, um, just kind of telling her about me having my newborn child, that I was the mother of three children, and just giving her the, the rundown of all that I was going through. And I didn't think anything of it because sometimes, how do you know, like some, how many of y'all know that sometimes you're not thinking about your audience. You're not thinking about who it is that you're conveying your truth to. Sometimes you just got to get it off of your chest. So that's what was going on with me. I just needed to get it off my chest, out in the open so that it wouldn't be so heavy on my heart. So I had expressed myself to her and just pretty much told her everything I was going through. Like I said, I didn't think anything of it. I was just talking to a stranger about what it is that I was going through. So the backdrop, what I was going through or what was I going through? I literally owed almost a thousand dollars for my electricity bill. And I had been threatened by the electricity company that if I did not produce that money within 72 hours, they didn't care how cold it was outside, we wouldn't have lights. So that's the backdrop. So, and with me having a newborn child and with the job that I had, trying to pay rent as well as that was practically impossible. So the position that I said yes to was what, in my mind, going to be what I needed to get me where I needed to be quickly. Not in three days, but it still would have got me there quick, quicker than being at the job that I was at before. Okay, so let's go back. Let's circle back around. <laughs> so as I'm expressing this to this individual, I'm not thinking anything of it. Eventually, the owner shows up. When the owner shows up, she does what she does, and then I'm able to check the customer out. So at that time, I was wearing braids back in that day because the owner was an African-American and the neighborhood that her parcel store was located in, she was very consciously aware of her atmosphere. And she had asked me not to wear braids because she didn't want me to look so ethnic in the type of atmosphere that she her parcel store was in. But I've always had a little defiance in me. 
And so I opted to continue to wear braids. So the next morning when I come in, she tells me, this is the owner. She said, Teresa, don't bother clocking in. So immediately I'm thinking, this woman is about to fire me. So I looked shocked and I said, why? And I'm thinking it's because I have braids in my hair. So she said, you have a guest. So I'm looking and I see the young lady who actually had been at the parcel store the night before when my system shut down. This time it was her and her child, her um, son. So she asked me if I would like to go grab some coffee. And I was like, sure. So we go next door to go grab some coffee. She sits me down and it's around Christmas time. Um, literally almost 24 years ago. So around this time, Christmas time. So ooh, Jesus, look at how time flies. So she sits me down and she told me normally around this time of the year, my husband and I give and she was talking about the place that they typically donate to. And she said, but this year we would like to do something different. So I'm listening to her. Um, she was a Caucasian lady. So I'm listening to her. And I'm nodding my head. Not really knowing where she's going with the conversation. <laughs> and she says. What we would like to do this year. Is adopt you and your three children. So I'm looking at her. And she said. And I'm like okay. Because I still didn't understand what that meant. She says so. For the next six months to a year. What we would like to do. We would like to pay for the daycare of your choice for the next six months to a year. So my mouth literally drops wide open. And I'm like, okay, no one's ever been this nice to me before. She said, but that's not all. She said, didn't you mention something last night about your electricity bill being extremely high and that you only had 72 hours to pay for it? And I'm like, yes, I did. Let me rewind before we before I get to that point, because this is very, very important. Some people will get it. Some people won't. But that morning on my way to work, before I ever stepped foot in that parcel store, I was in my vehicle crying out to my creator, telling my Abba father, that if he did not fix my situation with the electricity bill, that it would not get fixed. I rededicated my life to him that morning before I ever stepped foot in that parcel store. And as soon as I got there, the owner told me not to bother clocking in. I didn't know what that meant. I thought I was losing my job. Okay, so now fast forward. So when the young lady says, how much is your electricity bill? And I said, $960. She pulls out her checkbook and writes a check for $960. She said, how much is your rent? And to be quite honest with y'all, I've had two brain surgeries. I don't remember what my rent was, but I'll never forget how much the electricity bill was because that was a God-answered prayer. So I told her how much my rent was. 
I think around that time is maybe 600, 600 plus dollars. She writes a check for that. I'm looking around for candid camera because I am not in belief that this is actually happening to me as this is unfolding right before my eyes. So then she tells me that because she had already told me the daycare of the choice of my choice, she had already wrote the check for the electricity bill. She had already wrote the check for my rent. And pretty much what she was telling me is that I needed to be at that store on Christmas Eve because there was more to come. So I'm sitting there in a state of shock because no one had ever did that for me. This literally sparked a relationship that lasted well into 16 years. In the course of that relationship, I learned about what I was capable of accomplishing. In the course of that relationship, I had what I considered, although I called her my godmother, and the reason why I called her my godmother is because that morning when I prayed to God, his answer manifested that later on that morning. And so in my mind, she became my godmother. It was only years later that I started to recognize that I gave her the title of godmother, but in a lot of ways, she was a mentor. And she contributed to my life in more ways than one because I didn't know anything about managing finances. I didn't know anything about investing in 401k. I didn't know anything about investing in stock. I didn't know anything about nothing financially. Let me just put that out there. So what she did, one of our very first visits, what she did, she invited me to her neighborhood. Now, mind you, her neighborhood was a wealthy neighborhood surrounded by millionaires. I remember on my way to her home, there were these homes that were being built around the area that she was where she lived. And I had the audacity to walk into one of those houses and look in each room and envision myself living in her neighborhood. That was almost 24 years ago. You're not going to hear me say that I'm living in one of those houses now because that ain't came into fruition yet. Okay? <laughs> it ain't came into fruition yet. However... The fact that I had the audacity to dream like that, the way that I was able to look and I saw all of these trees and the atmosphere was so serene and it was just a beautiful, beautiful moment to stand in that house and see myself there, dwelling there. Didn't know how I could possibly get there. Didn't know what that would look like. But to see myself there. And then I get over to her house. And it was one of those things where as I'm pulling up. 
it's it was just so inspiring for the lack of a better word I was inspired by being there because it helped me to see that sometimes the things that we feel like are untouchable or unreachable because of who we are or because of what we've been through some of the things that we may not feel like we should have access to depending on who you're connected to in my case it was God he literally opened up doors that no man or woman could shut for me in that season of my life. And so when we got there, when I got there, I sat down. She told me to sit down, you know, get comfortable. So I sat at the kitchen table. And now, mind you, I'm a total stranger. This person met me at a parcel store, but trusted my spirit man and my presentation of who I was, them being at this caliber and me being at that caliber. And she trusted me enough to come all the way to their home where I'm surrounded by wealth. So as I'm sitting at this table, she tells me, she says, okay, we're gonna talk about finances. So I'm looking and I'm thinking like she's going to give me a notepad and paper and we're going to talk about finances, quote unquote, right? That's not what she did. <laughs> so what she told me was, I need you to empty your purse on this table. And I'm looking, I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird, but I, I obeyed. So I emptied my purse and she said, we're going to go through what you spend the most money on. Y'all take a wild guess what I spent the most money on with me being a single parent of three trying to make things work. Come to find out what I was spending the most money on. I wonder if y'all could really guess. Can you really guess? What do you think I was? Well, I don't smoke cigarettes, so it wasn't that. Back then, I was pretty much... I can't even say, because I've never really been vain. But, I mean, I guess depending on whoever's perspective you're thinking of, it was makeup. So, I was all into makeup. And I have always heard, you know, fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. Well, apparently, I believe that hype. And that's exactly what Teresa was doing, was faking it until I made it. So, even though I had not arrived financially, I wasn't going to look like what I was going through. So, when she went through my purse, that's what we discovered, is that the majority of my money was going toward makeup. So, she proceeded to go through this process with me for me to see how to reframe my thinking, how to reframe my relationship with money. She was the first person that introduced me to Lord, forgive me if I get her name wrong, but it was Susie Omen or something of that nature. She was the first person to introduce me to someone who taught on how to manage your money. Someone who taught about IRAs, someone who taught about investing. She was the very first person that I read about in that regard. And so she introduced the possibility of wealth to me she introduced how to save your money to me 
she introduced on how to count up the cost to me in terms of not to be an impulsive shopper. She introduced to me how to, let's say I go to a store and I see an item, how to be able to price check that and see if I can find a, the same exact identical item at a totally different store a lot cheaper. She taught me how to pay myself first. It's so many things that I learned in the course of that relationship. And eventually the relationship did come to an end. Maybe one day I'll tell y'all why. But for the most part, I mean, they always say every good thing does come to an end. But for the most part, this is just my personal opinion. Since this is my platform, I'm going to tell you what I think. Once... I made up my mind that no matter what choices I made, I was going to always opt to choose God, which means that I was not going to put anyone or anything above him, no matter what their title, no matter what their status, none of that mattered to me. It became an issue and that's okay. Because I still to this day utilize the tools that were provided to me during that season of my life. Because of the teachings that I learned. Because of the way that I learned to value myself. Because that's another thing. One of the things that she truly contributed to me was she saw some things in me that no one had taken the time out before she showed up. To point out to me in terms of my contribution to the world. And she helped to nurture those sides of me. So my very first book. What she did was she blessed me. Well she didn't know that that's what I was going to invest in. So I had had a conversation with someone else. And I had told her that one of my dreams was to one day be a published author. So what she told me, she told me about some different publishing companies. And when I did my research, this particular publishing company that I opted to utilize, they had a promotion going for $1,000. So what I did, wasn't thinking anything of it, but as a birthday present from who I called my godmother at that time, at that season in my life, she gave me $1,000 as a birthday gift. What I did with that $1,000 is invested in my book. So the money that she blessed me with, I was free to do whatever I wanted to do with. And I kept it a secret from my mom because as a gift to my mother, my biological mother and my stepdad, what I wanted to do is surprise them with my actual book. So my gift to them was going to be the presentation of the book because this is something I'd always aspired to do. This is a goal that I always wanted to reach ever since I was 10 years old. So when it came to pass, my godmother, I truly believe, is the reason why that dream came to pass is because she believed in my gifts and my talents. And, be, and not only did she believe in it, once she found out 
that the money that she blessed me with that I used it to so and that was my other surprise for her as well because I had um, dedicated I had dedicated my first book to her and some other people that you know that I love so by my doing that when because I was trying to keep it a secret but then the company that I was using they were tacking on money just tacking on more and more and more right so I ended up sharing that with her what I was trying to hide from her I ended up sharing it with her and she gifted me with more just to make sure that the book would manifest just to make sure that my dream would come true who is in your life that believes in you you do realize that all it takes is one person they might be in your life temporarily they might be in your life permanently they may be in your life for a season they may be in your life for a reason but it only takes one person to truly believe in you to take you from glory to glory, to help you to elevate from one level to the next. I've been watching documentaries. That's one of my little, I love watching documentaries. Anything for me that is based off of real life, I'm consumed by it. So I was watching the documentary on a gentleman named Clarence Avant. And as I'm watching the documentary, this man goes on to say that he did not have a high school education or college education. But it's one thing that I noticed as I'm, and I haven't even finished the documentary. But what I noticed as I'm watching this is that he believed in himself. And the more that he believed in himself, that same energy started coming from north, east, south, and west. And before you knew it, because he believed in himself, every individual, no matter what race, creed, or color, was believing in him too. So he was able to go places that other people only dreamed about going. He was able to be in atmospheres that only people dreamed about being a part of. He was able to influence the world in such a way that I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. But he believed in himself. Do you believe in yourself? Can you see yourself being that person that dares to dream and not allowing the naysayers to be the ones to cast your greatest imagination down not giving them the power to destroy what you hold so close to your heart i was watching the movie and i watched it before but i watched it again because I, I do that i was watching that movie jingle jangle some of y'all know what i'm talking about and when i watched it um, Forrest Whitaker was playing the main character and what I noticed is how because I can't tell y'all the whole movie but I'm, so I'm gonna tell you what I what I noticed what I noticed is that when someone showed up and expressed their belief it sparked 
something that had been not lying dormant for years. And all it takes is one person, one person to believe in you. It can be you. It could be someone that comes into your life, but it just takes one person. And then it just starts to have a domino effect. It's, it's contagious. When you start to truly believe in yourself and you cast all those limitations down and you literally just operate in your belief, whatever that looks like to you, all of a sudden out of nowhere, it becomes contagious. And next thing you know, people start repeating it. You know, I believe she can do it. I know that it's one particular person. I ain't going to say no names, but it's one particular person. I said, Lord, that was, that was genius. That was genius. That was genius. That was genius. So before she ever became a multimillionaire, she was putting it in the atmosphere on a consistent basis. And because her audience was increasing and her audience was increasing, you found yourself speaking those things that be not as though they are in her favor. So you found yourself consciously whether it was consciously or unconsciously saying she's a multimillionaire. remember the power of life and death is in your tongue we have not because we say not speak those things that be not as though they are now can you imagine two three four five times a hundred people saying the same thing that you're saying day after day after day not only are you now believing it, now they're believing it. Next thing you know. So that's how these best-selling books turn out to be best-selling books. That's how syndicated people get to be syndicated. That's how, because they put, they're putting it in the atmosphere. And when they're putting it in the atmosphere, they're believing what they're saying. They're believing what they're putting out. And it can't come back to you void. So you look up and you're like, wow. It's manifested. So I was 10 years old. 10 years old. And I had a dream. That one day. I would be a published author. Today. I am 47 years old. Lord say the same. And I pray he will. Next month. On January the 9th. I will be 48 years old. I'm praying that God agrees. And beyond. I don't want to stop there. I want to keep going. But anyhow, I digress. But when I was 10 years old, I had this dream that I was going to publish books. Just a week ago, I'm just minding my own business and I go through some of my old journal writings and all of that. And I discover that I have been sitting, literally sitting on five books that were unfinished, that are unfinished, that now I'm being forced to entertain, that now I'm being forced to go back. And even if they're going to be short stories and I got to compile them into one book, those, those actual books need to be completed. And I'm saying that to say this, I was 10 years old when I thought about being a published author. But all through that journey of my life, there's certain things that have been published. There's I literally went back and looked and there's so many funerals, so many funerals that they have asked me to write a poem for the eulogy. 
I've come across all these various poems that I've wrote. One of my best friends who passed away, my other best friend's husband that passed away. And I'm just, no, my grandfather, I'm just noticing I've been writing another associate of mine, her mother, when she passed away. I noticed that I've been writing for people who have gone on for my uncle when he passed away. The list goes on. And I'm like, you were preparing me way before the book ever manifested, Lord. You were giving me opportunities to perfect my craft way before. And maybe those times that I was going through those journeys, he was trying to get me to believe in me. For me to not just see it at 10 years old, but for me to continuously see it. For me to start speaking those things that be not as though they are. And eventually, guess what? When I started to believe that I could accomplish it, it manifested. I remember... For whatever reason, I was under this impression that I had to have a doctorate degree or I had to have a PhD in order for me to be a published author. And I remember my uncle telling me just he was he had paid for a trip for me to go to New York because he said, "Where? what state do I want to go to in the world? And I told him I wanted to visit New York. Shout out to all the New Yorkers. And so he said, OK, so he did an all expense paid trip for me to go to New York with him for one week. And. Looking back at that, I just spoke it and he made it happen. <laughs> I just spoke it. But on that journey with my uncle, I was telling him what I aspire to do. And I told him I want to be a published author. And my uncle and I said, he said, so what's stopping you? I said, well, uncle, I got to have a degree to be a public. He said, Teresa, no, you don't. I don't know where I got that from. Maybe I felt like if you had all of the the extra, you know, PhD behind your name or whatever that that would just make it more meaningful and that's what would make you a best-selling New York author I don't know what my mindset was at that time But I know that I was blocking my own self not even realizing that I was doing that And next thing I know it's like a light bulb went off the minute that my uncle said I do not have to have a degree in order for me to be a published author he removed that wool over my eyes. He removed the lie so that I could see clearly the truth. And the moment that he took that weight off of me, I saw myself as a published author. And once I saw myself as a published author without all the blockage, then I was able to keep my eyes on the prize until it manifested and came into fruition. All it takes is one. Who is that one in your life? Who believes in you? I hope you do. So this is going to conclude my episode. But before I complete it completely, I'm going to read a letter to my future hubby. It is dated December the 7th of 2021. Here we go. Dear future hubby, did you know that it only takes one person to believe in you? I mean, just one. Are you that person who believes in you? Are you that person who pushes yourself beyond measure? To do what seems impossible, even when all of the odds are stacked against you? 
Well, I also want to be that person for you who believes in you. You are significant. Your life has value. It has meaning. And some folks may truly believe that you are replaceable. But for me, you are irreplaceable. I believe in all that you are. I believe in all that you are becoming. And I believe in the man that you will become. I choose to love you in your now season. Whatever that looks like for you. I choose to support you no matter what. I choose to speak life into you even when you feel like your hopes and your dreams are deferred and or dying. I choose to believe in you against all odds. I was created for you. I am your helpmate. I want to be your helpmate. I am your biggest fan, even now. May your dreams come true. I look forward to watching them come into fruition with you someday. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. And don't forget to believe in yourself because I believe in you. Be encouraged. Bye.